0: Welcome to the Mama Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Cindy and Chrissy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with changing the ideals
1: and expectations of motherhood. Every other week, we dive into the topics that matter to moms most, answering your most pressing questions as we learn from top-notch experts, swap stories, tap into our creative sides, and advocate for the causes that moms truly care about all while hanging with your mom friends. We are
0: so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Chrissy and I had the honor of speaking with Renee Avis. She is a licensed professional counselor and the founder of Renee Avis Triangle Area Therapy, our mom tribe, and the Confident Moms Raising Confident Girls coaching program. We are extremely blessed to have connected with Renee at the beginning stages of her health collective. She has been a wonderful friend and supporter, and we can't give her expertise enough praise. Renee focuses on guiding moms to identify and understand their roadblocks to feeling and being confident. You will hear Renee share her story of events that began her interest in the line of work that has become her specialty, which includes building self-confidence, defeating negative self-body talks, overcoming eating disorders, connecting with our children, and believing in ourselves as moms. She shares signs to look for in our daughters if they are struggling with the onset of an eating disorder. Renee also discusses building confidence in our children and how to create a world of confident moms. Without further delay, here is Renee Avis. We're glad to have
2: you here, Renee. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's, it's always fun.
0: Yeah, we love catching up with you. We're going to start with some questions. We like to refer to these as get-to-know-you questions. Yeah. Some of them will be quicker than others. Others okay. will dive into a little bit deeper just because we get super interested in what you have to say about it. So
1: yeah.
0: we'll just play it by ear and see how they go. Okay. First question, fill in the blank. Motherhood is?
2: Motherhood is... Crazy chaos, but I wouldn't change it.
0: I have to 100% agree with crazy chaos, but you're right. It's a good chaos sometimes.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes I would change it. Other times it's fine. (laughs) Right, right.
0: Cleanest room in your house.
2: I I was thinking about that. That's a hard question to answer. I'm going to say my bathroom when the girls haven't been in there with like their makeup bags and in my drawer using my hairdryer and my hairbrush, even though they have their own hairbrushes in their bathrooms. But so when it's they're funny. not in there, it's that's the cleanest room for it's a little
0: funny bit. Actually, because my girls, our girls are, are pretty much the same age. I think yours are just a little bit older than mine.
2: How yeah. old are your girls now? They are 13 and 10.
0: 13 and 10. And then yeah. I have an eight and a half and 11 year old. So, okay. yeah. yes, I have to agree. It's, it's, um, they like to use our things, right? They, yeah. Yes. I don't know what that is. I remember using my mom's things too, though.
2: Yeah. All of her yes. makeup
0: and whatnot. Yes. But what is bringing your life sanity right now?
2: Probably when I can get out and go for a walk, that is what is most helpful. And then I have a really good friend and our kids are the exact same ages. And so when she and I can, usually it's at the barn because our daughters ride together. So when I can get to the barn and hang out with her and catch up with her, that helps bring me some sanity. Do you have horses? No, no, no. My daughter, Kennedy, she rides at a barn near our house. So, twice, well, once a week and then every other week, twice a week, she rides.
0: I'll have to ask you more about that because our girls are getting into riding. Okay. It's exciting, but it's expensive.
2: It is expensive. And my daughter is always like, can we lease a horse? I'm like, no, we're not there yet. Like, we will just pay for lessons for right now.
0: Oh, she's asking just to lease? our Our kids are like, let's buy a horse.
2: Oh, well, that too. But she knows that's like... Not definitely not going to happen, but yeah. So she's pushing for the leasing first. Right.
0: Okay. And then they started with the big horse. Now they're down to a mini horse. Okay. We'll have a miniature horse. I'm like, but you can't ride a miniature (laughs) horse. I don't think. No, not for long. Right. Exactly. What do you look for in a mom friend?
2: Someone that I just, I don't have to say a whole lot to, and they just get it. And that there's no judgment that they understand that nothing ever goes I shouldn't say ever, but typically things don't go as planned or on time as planned. And so just someone who just gets it and just can kind of be there with me in it all.
0: Yeah. Life is unpredictable, right? You never yeah. know from day to day what's going to happen. And I loved the part where you said that someone that doesn't, you don't, did you say you didn't have to talk with or you can be quiet? With?
2: They don't just say a whole lot. They just kind of get it.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 They yep. just understand, or they understand your mood.
2: Yes. You
0: yep. have to apologize
2: for your mood. No, that you're in? I, I've never apologized. I, my good friend that I was talking about that we I go to the barn with and yeah, we've never apologized ever for any moods. So.
0: Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Best vacation you've ever taken.
2: I just going to the beach. I love the beach. So anytime I can go to the beach is always the best vacation um, for me. So. Um, we were just there at the beach for two weeks, about a month ago now, I guess. So,
0: what be do you have a preference on where you go?
2: Yeah, we always go uh, to the Outer Banks down to Hatteras. Um, I love Hatteras. Yeah. So, we go there every year. And
0: do you rent a place or do you have? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh. we, rent, we rent a house. So, and usually my mom and dad, they didn't go last year, but um, they came this year for a week. So, it's always nice to have them there with us. Yeah.
0: You're making me want to go to the beach. <laughs> What's one thing you'd like to learn?
2: Want to learn Spanish again. I ha- took Spanish in high school and always wanted to pick that back up again. So that is on my bucket list to like get Babbel or, you know, one of the online courses to, to learn that again. Isn't
0: it amazing how when you don't use it, you forget it? Yeah. I, I used to take French and I had bought CDs, back when yeah. CDs were more. Right. More popular now, it's more like the right. apps and whatnot. But I had yeah. CDs and had like tutoring type of things to try to refresh it. And I also have tried Duolingo. Yeah. What do you like to do on a Friday night?
2: Nothing. <laughs> just <laughs> do nothing. <Boom>. <laughs> <laughs> like tonight, we don't have anything planned. So just relax and like hang out, and we might watch a movie or just. Order takeout or something. So low key nights.
0: Now, your girls are still of the age where they stay home on Friday nights, right?
2: Yeah, they are. So So then this is
0: all like family stuff that you're going to do together.
2: Yeah, yeah. Every, they might have a friend over, but their friends are, we know the family. So it's like kind of just having another one of our kids in the house.
0: All those things the kids are going to remember.
2: Yep. Those are Mm the special
0: memories. What are you reading or watching right now?
2: So I just finished a book called Talking to the Sky by Amy. Her last name is May. And it was such a good book. It was a memoir. um, So it was about her life growing up. And she actually is a famous songwriter, uh, country songwriter, which I had no idea about because you don't ever really hear about the songwriters. You just hear the songs that they write, but nobody says this was written by so-and-so or not very often. So Um, It was a really good book. She had a pretty tragic life in some ways growing up and just pulled herself through it with this like exceptionally like hard drive to be a songwriter. Like she knew she wanted to do that. Her dad was a songwriter too, but he had bipolar disorder and it was just a really good book. So Talking to the Sky, that was what I just finished reading. I loved it. Oh, I'll have
0: to put that down on my to read list. It sounds great. I yep. like memoirs and nonfiction and yes, biographies and whatnot. So well, yeah. thank you for that great recommendation. Are you watching anything when you sit down on your Friday night? Are you going to watch anything in particular?
2: No, like I, I try and like get into a Netflix, you know, something, but I don't ever have time to sit down and watch it how I would like to watch it.
0: How do you picture your empty nest days?
2: I have been thinking about that recently, I think because... Reagan is getting ready to go into eighth grade and high school, the end of high school doesn't feel that far away at this point. Yeah, I've, I've just been thinking about that and like, I'm, I'm excited for them, but then can't imagine the house being quiet without them there. So, I
0: know, I know. Yeah. It's kind of an eerie thought almost to think yeah. of how quiet, can you remember your life even before you had kids? What right. It was like,
2: no. Yeah. Yes. No. But I guess what I do want to do is once they are out of the house is like do more volunteer work, like Habitat for Humanity and things like that. So I, yeah, there are things that I'm I'm thinking about, but yeah, I could like cry thinking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. I know it's gone so fast. Like if you think about my husband and I are coming up on our 15 year wedding anniversary. Yeah. And I start thinking of, all that's happened in that 15 years and how fast it feels like it went. Yeah. But if I look forward 15 years, yeah. where life is going to be? Yeah. It's just crazy it to think crazy. about.
1: It really is. And Renee, as a licensed counselor, yeah. which you are, I feel like you probably have special insights into things like that. Yeah. Specifically, you do a lot of work around confidence coaching, Mm -hmm. eating disorders, and postpartum mental health. Can you share a bit about your story? What led you to this line of work?
2: So I had a friend, my best friend growing up, and she had an eating disorder when we were in, I feel like it was eighth grade. And so back then that was in the late eighties. And that, you know, that wasn't a topic that was known much about or talk much about but her mom was awesome and found a a therapist who really truly helped her and she pulled through it and I didn't know at the time like that's that would be the path that I went down but I just know that that always stuck with me and I also remember reading a book at that time called When Mirrors Lie and I didn't realize it then but it was about a girl who had an eating disorder and it was about body image and That's how it all got started like in middle school, but I didn't realize that that's what it was going to, would take me all the way to where I am today.
1: Amazing. I I think it's so phenomenal when something at such a young age, middle school's young, that it shapes you so much and the direction of your life. Are you still in contact with that friend?
2: Oh yeah. She's still my best friend. Yeah.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yep. She lives in, she's still in New Jersey. She's married and has two kids and lives there. So
0: is it hard to think right now that the age where she had her eating disorder is now the age that your oldest child is?
2: Yes and no, I guess no because i I see it in my office um, with the kids that I work with more so this year than any other years that young, and yes, because I look at Reagan and I 'm like, you're so young and Innocent, you know, how would you, you know, know all of that or get pulled into something like that? But that also is very much on my radar. So I am constantly on the lookout, not like helicopter mom, but just being observant to see, you know, how she's eating and how she's talking about herself and what she's talking with her friends about um, and things like that.
0: Well, this isn't actually, this is a little off topic of what we were going to ask you about, but if you could quickly run through any particular signs that we should be looking for in our children, that would be
1: really helpful.
2: Absolutely. So the number one thing, well, two things actually that I hear is I just wanted to start start eating more healthy. And that has every person that has walked through my office and has said that now has an eating disorder. So the other thing is wanting to become a vegetarian um, and not eating meat anymore or going to having a doctor's appointment and the doctor making comments about their weight and saying that they they're concerned about their weight or they need to lose weight like that is such a triggering event for kids to have a doctor say that to them so if that does happen you need to stop the conversation immediately with the doctor. It's okay for you to tell the doctor in that moment, we're not talking about this right now because it's your child. And if they have any questions or they want to talk to you about it, you'd be happy to talk about that with them separately. And then, so if your daughter or son, you know, talks about wanting to eat more healthy, ask them what it is that the reason that they're wanting to eat more healthy and no child needs to be, restricting any foods out of their daily eating. They need to eat all and any foods when it's balanced. But, you know, some kids like junk food. Like that's just, hesitate to call it junk food too, because all foods are good foods. So, you know, they like the big flavors and they like the carbs. That's just what kids like. But if you're teaching them how to make their meals throughout the day and have, you know, some protein and fruits and vegetables and, you know, other carbs, starches in their, in their diet, then they're going to be okay. But yeah, I think eating healthy, maybe wanting to exercise more than they have been is another one. Sometimes that's okay. Like Reagan, she's getting older and she plays volleyball and you know the coaches are encouraging them to, to work out, to build strength, which is fine, but they don't need to take it to an extreme.
0: If they start to exhibit some of these signs that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. do you recommend watching them more closely Mm -hmm. or immediately taking them to start talking to someone?
2: I wouldn't go, let it go any longer than a month. And if they're not willing to talk with you about it, then they need to go see someone because so many parents, which to no fault of their own, like they, you know, if you don't work in the world of eating disorders, or you don't know someone who has gone through it, you're not going to know how to pick up on all the signs because our culture is all about being healthy and losing weight and diet and body image. And so you just are kind of thinking, oh, well, they're just doing what they're supposed to do. But parents will, you know, it it goes on for like two, three, five months. And, and at that point their child's so far into it that it's more than we're looking that more treatment, like outpatient therapy. But if you can catch it sooner, that shortens it a lot.
0: As a therapist, you have a lot of experience helping others move through difficult situations. You mm-hmm. were just talking about helping children move through dis- any type of disordered eating. Other than that, yeah. what is the biggest, most common struggle you see moms coming mm-hmm. to you with? And why do you think- that that is the biggest struggle that you're seeing.
2: Since my, the group Confident Moms Raising Confident Daughters has gotten bigger, the Facebook group has gotten bigger and that that in combination of what the moms that I see, it is moms not feeling confident in themselves or having struggled with body image or disordered or eating disorder at, at some point in their life. Anxiety too, having anxiety and not knowing how to, manage that for themselves so that the confidence is huge and then so afraid that they're going to pass that on to their daughters or their sons not wanting to do that but not knowing how to make that not happen or their daughters because of you know the group it's for moms with daughters their daughters are already they're already exhibiting these negative thoughts about themselves or not feeling confident themselves and moms just don't know what to how to reverse that so yes, the confidence is the number one thing.
0: I'm so glad that there's someone like you that are, that's out there helping moms through this because I know what you were just talking about. I was like, that's me. Definitely not wanting to pass it on to my girls and yeah. having them just exhibit confidence.
2: Yeah. Excited to be able to do that.
1: And confidence is such a unique thing. I mean, yeah. we're all confident in something, right? Yeah. And then yeah. there are so many areas that can knock us over. Yeah. And it, it's those things that we often tend to focus our mind and our attention yeah. on. I, at least for me, I, yes. you know, I, I lose sight of the things that I'm good at or that mm-hmm. I feel confident in and narrow in on those things where I struggle. Yeah. So you are a confidence coach and you've actually worked with a number of our, her circle moms in this mm-hmm. capacity. You also have the amazing coaching program that you just mentioned, uh confident moms, raising confident girls. Can you talk to us a bit about the journey to finding confidence? How I'm a mom, yeah. how do I find confidence? How can I ensure that my daughter is confident yeah. when she grows up?
2: So one of the things that I always like to share with moms is that your daughter is never going to remember what you look like or what you wore when she was growing up. But she is absolutely going to remember how you talked about yourself. And that is that is the lasting impact. (laughs) Yeah. The number one thing is tuning in to see how you're talking to yourself on a daily basis, and if you're, and if you're saying anything out loud too, or you don't even have to talk, but you're in the mirror and you're looking in the mirror and you're like sucking in your stomach or like you know ch- pulling your shirt back, if your girls are going to notice all of that. So being very aware of those nonverbal things that we like to do sometimes. There's also, as you get older and after you've had kids, your bodies do change. And that is a, is hard when your body has always been a certain way. And then it changes after having kids, it changes some after you have kids, but then you get older, it changes some more. And so that's a change for Us as moms, so just being aware of how you're feeling about those changes that are happening and then how you're taking care of yourself during those changes that are happening.
1: A huge thank you to our sponsor and a great friend and supporter of Her Health Collective, Renee Avis. Renee has been such a treasure to both Cindy and I as we navigate mothering daughters. And Renee has just been such a a lifeline in that. Yes, and it's been wonderful getting to know Renee because she's
0: got daughters that are a bit older, like my girls, and we've connected on that tutors, body image, electronics, you know, all that stuff. All the things. All the things. Renee is a licensed professional counselor and the founder of the Confident Moms Raising Confident Girls coaching program. Renee is fantastic at helping moms identify and understand the roadblocks that keep them from feeling being confident.
1: There are so many amazing aspects to Renee's program but one of my personal favorites is how she guides moms on how to listen to, honor, and take care of our own bodies. Our children, especially our girls, are always watching and this is such an important piece for moms to tackle and it's something I'm always thinking about as I know my own daughter is watching me. Absolutely. This has been really helpful for me as I've
0: navigated my own body image issues as well as our girls coming into the age of being more aware of their bodies. I also love that she teaches moms how to connect with their daughters in authentic ways.
1: Pre-teenhood. Dunk, 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 dunk.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is something that can become harder and harder as our daughters get older.
1: Become a member of Confident Moms Raising Confident Girls Facebook group. You can also sign up for a phone call with Renee to see if the Confident Moms Raising Confident Girls coaching program is a fit for you.
0: The link to sign up is included in the show notes.
1: Obviously you specifically work with moms with daughters, but how about a mom raising boys, a mom with a son? Does it matter less or or what, what is the impact on Sons there, uh, girls tend to have eating disorders more so, but they are boys do still have eating disorders. Oh, yes.
2: no, it doesn't. It doesn't change it at all. I think boys are less observant of like the nonverbal behaviors and don't always hear the negative. The comments, the way that the girls will hear them, but they absolutely pick up on the the behaviors and your relationship with food and exercise. Comments about that, like, I can't eat this because I didn't go to the gym today, or I'm not really hungry, so I'm not going to eat dinner, or not sitting down and eating dinner with your family. like You serve it up for everybody else, but you don't sit down and eat with the family, so those behaviors, I think, are are picked up just the same as girls and boys, but still being positive, your boys need you to be positive around them too.
1: So a lot of what you talked about is what is happening outward, like the the image or the, the things that I'm saying in front of my child. Yep. What about internally? Um, because I try very hard, not always successful, but I try very hard to do all those things in front of yep. my daughter. That doesn't always... Translate to what's happening inside my head. So, how can a mom become more confident, like within herself?
2: So, what I had started to say was becoming aware of those negative comments that you say to yourself or that sort of negative commentary you have with yourself. And so, noticing because oftentimes you just know that you don't feel great, like you're not feeling good about yourself, your kind of confidence is feeling low, not feeling motivated but don't really know why that's happening Well, it's happening. Cause there's these negative messages that you're feeding to yourself. So getting in tune to what those negative messages are that you're saying to yourself and then noticing, you know, how often and when they pop up during the day and when you become aware of them, then you're prepared. Cause you're like, okay, I know this happens daily or usually around this time of day or these times of day. So you can be prepared for that and then working on changing those thoughts or reframing that into a positive. So it's the thought of I didn't spend enough time with my kid today because I was busy with work and now it's the end of the day and you're feeling terrible because you didn't hang out with them trying to think about that with, okay, what was the time that you did spend with them? Like, maybe it was like getting them up and getting them dressed in the morning. And, you know, if you had the carpool, then the time that you had in the car and, and also that you go to work because you hopefully enjoy the work that you're doing. And that if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be happy and you wouldn't be a a positive role model, positive mom for, for your kid, because you wouldn't be happy with yourself. Reframing and then I always say, even if you can just take five minutes for yourself every day just to have some time for yourself, if that means hiding in the bathroom for five minutes, then hide in the bathroom for five minutes. Or if you have some time in the car to, without kids, but just taking five minutes for yourself every day can be a, a helpful way to help you feel, to work on building that that confidence up.
1: Within yourself. So I'm hearing a lot of reframing thoughts. Mm-hmm. The thoughts that we we say to ourselves are very mm-hmm. powerful. And taking time to care for ourselves yes. is very important. I would also venture to say that who you surround yourself
2: is, is very
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if you're around someone that is less confident and speaks in certain ways, yep. that's bound to rub off on you. And okay. you know, programs like yours where you are surrounding yourself with people that are working on this together that can really kind of help cement some of those habits too.
2: I'm glad you said that because if you live in a neighborhood that is pretty active, like there's a lot of mom groups or big mom group in, in your neighborhood, being really aware of how you feel when you're with those moms and after, and then how kind of what the conversations are like when you're with those moms, because those can become toxic relationships and you don't know it because you're in it all the time. Um, but there can also be some pretty awesome relationships that come out of of that too. So just being aware of like your neighborhood community and what that, how that makes you feel, (laughs) you know, what that's like when you're with that group.
0: We've spoke a little bit about eating disorders, Mm -hmm. how that affects children moving into how it affects moms and parents We've also spoken a bit about confidence. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into body image because we can't have you on mama needs a moment (laughs) without talking about body image because it's a, it's a big area that you focus on Yes, and it's a topic that we are very passionate about too within her health collective. And on this podcast, why do you think so many moms struggle with body image issues and What are the long term negative consequences of having a poor relationship with our body?
2: Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it is we see all the social media posts and magazines when you're in the grocery store and comments too about, you know, after you have your baby, you got to get back to that pre baby body, pre baby weight. And that's not realistic. You know, yes, some moms will maybe after the first baby will return to the weight that they were before, but your body has changed. It is not, things have been stretched out on the inside. So it's not gonna go back to the exact shape that it was. So there's all this pressure that you're supposed to return to your pre-body shape. And also, and to kind of always stay in that, well, as you get older, your body changes. And when you're in your forties, you cannot have your 20 something body If you do, either you're one of those very few people that just is able to do that, or you're putting a lot of energy into that. And maybe that's more energy than what you need to be putting into exercise and diet at that point in time that you could be doing other things um, with that, that time. So I think there's a lot of unrealistic expectations for moms and it just, it takes a toll on body image and how you feel about yourself
0: and what ultimately would be the long-term consequences of having a poor relationship with our bodies
2: you're not happy you're not happy with your with yourself and you can feel not good enough all of the time and there's always the possibility that you know you may be really great at not talking about that around your daughter and but still she can they can read us like my daughter I won't say anything. And she'll like, mom, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm fine. But really like I'm exhausted or like I'm stressed out about something. So they pick up on all of that stuff. I think happiness, that's the big thing. Like there's just, you don't have a true sense of happiness and contentment with yourself and always left feeling like you should be doing something else or something more to be good enough. So that's probably the biggest long-term effect and it can also disrupt your relationship with food um, because you feel like you you can't or you shouldn't eat certain things when you can eat those things Um, and if you had a balanced healthy relationship with food you would be okay like your body would be okay
1: what do you think would need to shift at, at a societal level in our society what would need to shift to create a world of confident moms, moms that love their body, moms that are raising confident girls and sons, what would need to be done to create that ideal world where that mentality was the norm?
2: I think the number one thing is moms stop judging each other. Like m- moms can be, moms, women can just be the worst at judging each other. So I think stopping the judgment in the ideal world would be the place you know, where change could could start to happen and and just supporting each other all the time and listening. I think that's the other thing is just being able to listen without already having decided what how you're gonna respond or what the response should be. And I think to to jump on the, the trend that's happening now is with Simone Biles and people like her stepping up and taking care of themselves and saying I can't do this and my Personal well-being is more important than a medal and having more bigger names do things like that and supporting overall mental health. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so powerful, and you know she was already an impressive individual, and in my eyes, just you know, just a beautiful, amazing thing to watch for her to stand up for herself like that. And I would also uh, media, social media. um, You know, I we talk about moms not judging, um, and we've talked to you a lot before about social media and the dangers and and media of like putting this perfected image out there yeah, it's such a uh, brave new world out there with, with the social media. So yeah,
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, social media, and that's where everyone spends the majority of their, their time anymore. So yes, having more, less judgment from social media, more real posts and pictures. And I think the Dove campaign is a great example of that. They, it's been a while ago, but they did the um, reverse selfie the selfie of this girl who's all made up and then they reverse it. They take off all the layers. My daughter said, you know, well, she's just beautiful without all of that makeup on.
0: It's really amazing to watch some of that footage of what they do with computer generation and how they alter photos and magazine pictures. Just everything is so altered.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, even now Zoom, you know, yeah. like Zoom, Zoom has a feature yeah. that lets you, so when you're in your meeting, you look, I, we were yeah. playing with that in one of our previous meetings and it's just, I mean, yeah. I appreciate it on one hand, although my computer doesn't have it. So bummer, but you know, you appreciate it on one hand, but then on the other hand, think about the, the precedents that that is setting and that our kids who are on Zoom yeah. more and more frequently these days, how that affects it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: This is actually a really great segue into my next question for you, Renee. What, what has been the most challenging lesson or shift for you in your motherhood journey so far? Has it been around judgment? Has it been around your body image? What has it been for you?
2: I think this past year has probably been the most challenging. You know, I just making the adjustment and I will be 45 in September and always heard, you know, when you get in like your mid forties, like your body or when you're in your forties, like your body starts to change. And I've been like, eh, you know, not so much, but this, I think between age and this past year that my body has changed and, you know, and I did gained some weight over the past year because I just wasn't active like I had been because I just, I couldn't fit that into everything I was trying to do. So now that, you know, we've kind of gotten through the hardest part, being able to take a step back and like bring that, that self-care back with like walking and getting a run in when I can, although that doesn't happen like it used to. So walking and just, you know, being able to take care of myself more again, and and not that I wasn't aware of it the whole time, but just being a little more intentional with it um, than I had been. So I think, you know, body change has probably been, personally has been the the biggest. And then just as my girls get older, trying to rotate with them in a way that, you know, keeps us connected, but also, you know, makes me still mom and the the person that has the rules and they, they need to, to do things, but to stay connected with them in ways that work for all of us.
0: Yeah, it's it definitely right now. It's been battle of attention seeking behavior between our yes. two girls. And so you're right. It's balancing how to spend time with one and spend time with the other so that they both feel loved in their yeah. way, in their yeah.
1: unique way. Yeah. Renee, what message do you think every mother should hear?
2: That you're good enough, that you're doing the best that you can and know how to do, and that there is always somebody in your community that you can reach out to, whether you know it's through your group or collective or my group, or if you go to church, there's a church community or a neighbor or an old friend. There is somebody that you can reach out to and that you are good enough. Yeah, I think that's the most important message.
1: I'm going to go ahead and earlier during the episode, I did some yes. some snaps and yes. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times now. So I'll do some yeah. snaps there again too. Yes, every mom out there, uh, every parent out there, you, yeah. you are good enough and you're doing the best you can. So yeah, I second that we do have some questions from some of our, her circle members. I'm going to go ahead and just pose this one that was submitted earlier from one, from one of our moms. I wanted to ask specifically about raising a confident girl when you're also dealing with ADHD. Mm. My daughter often responds in extremes. So-and-so doesn't love me anymore, or no one wants to be my friend. And -hmm. it's heartbreaking every time I suspect part of it is that she gets in trouble a fair amount. We can do our best to balance at home. But most of these comments were in response to something that occurred at school.
2: Yeah, that's hard. I think if there is a friend or a couple of friends at school that whether this family can connect with the parents and just see if they can have the the kids do more stuff together outside of school so that they feel closer and that they can be their person or people that they can go to at school. And then when their daughter is feeling like nobody likes them, you can say, well, you remember you and -and so-and-so did this, you know, last weekend, or remember you guys did this together at school, like you walked on the playground together, sat and talked, you know, while you were outside or at lunch. So trying to build those connections outside of school so they can be brought into the school and then any more connections that they can make with the teachers or the school counselors at school, you know, school counselors, yes, they are overwhelmed with everything that they have to do, but you know, that that's why they're there is to help the kids feel safe and comfortable and connected. And if there's anything, whether it's like, maybe they get to know the school counselor and they can go down to their office and talk to them or the school counselor, you know, because they get to know them, says hi to them, and they just feel a little more connection in their school. And then if there's anything more that the teacher can do to support them in the classroom.
0: I do actually have a quick question for you. When you have your family gathered together, so Mm -hmm. your extended family along with your immediate family together, and family members Mm -hmm. might start talking about weight that they've recently lost, or a particular diet that they may be starting, yeah. but your family doesn't talk about that in front of your kids. And yeah. you don't talk about diets. That's not yeah. what you support in that situation. If I f- have found myself in that situation, yeah. actually, and all I can do is just, I sit there yeah, and I just almost hope that our girls aren't listening or I try to divert the conversation to uh-huh. something else. Do yeah. you have any particular feedback on what to do in situations like that?
2: Yeah, doing what y- you have done, either change the subject and try and take it down another path, or if you can't, just kind of maybe you can talk with your daughters, like talk with them separately and let the rest of the crowd do what they're they're going to do with their conversation. But in either case, always check in with your kids afterwards to see if they have any questions and you don't have to say, are you OK about what so-and-so said about losing this weight or doing this diet? Because they may not have picked up on any of that. But just asking them, say, are you OK with the conversation that aunt and uncle so-and-so were having You know, while we were eating dinner? And if they aren't comfortable, your kids are going to let you know, well, I didn't like what they said. So just kind of generally checking in with them afterwards. But yeah, I think changing the subject is probably the the least invasive way to, to do that. And usually people will just go with a different topic. Or if it continues, you can always say, you know, we don't talk about that in our family. So can we find something else to talk about right now? I mean, it's okay to to be that, that direct. So if you can.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a little bit nervous, even thinking about it.
1: (laughs) So uh, my daughter is younger. Uh, She just turned four. And I know it's very common at this age, but she is very, very shy to the point that like it, breaks my heart sometimes yeah. watching, you know, she was at dance class the other day and the kids were just running around, like waving the scarves, yeah. r- running the circles around her. And she just kind of stood there in the middle, staring at the ground. I'm, I'm able to watch on my phone, which is a little creepy. I know, but I was watching on my phone. <laughs> yeah. They don't let you like into the space anymore. Oh, so it's, yeah. I was watching on my phone and like, I, I started bawling. I'm like sitting in my car, watching on my phone, bawling. Yes. And she just stood there. And a similar thing has kind of been happening at school. The past few weeks, where you know she'll say something just like nobody will play with me, and then I'll say, "Well, did you ask?" And she says, "Well, no." And you know, the the dance instructor came up and grabbed her hand and okay. like ran around with her twice, and then she was good. The rest of the class, she was herself. I could see her jumping up and down. Like yeah. she, I, I know her. She's she's like bubbly and has so much personality. But it's just like that initial, and I, we were out of school for a year with COVID and, you know, I, I don't know how to help her. And it breaks my heart when I see her. Cause I know how, like how much personality she has. Do you have any advice for young ones getting over that shyness or having the yeah. confidence to reach out and just say hi, like even saying yeah. hi is sometimes like pulling teeth.
2: <laughs> yes. So Reagan is, she's not sh- as shy as she used to. She's shy, in the 13 year old way now, not the shy in like the four year old way. But she was she struggled with that sometimes too. And so I would always let the teachers and coaches know ahead of time. Like she's really slow to you know, she's kind of shy and she's a little slow to warm up. But if you help her, she'll get in, like once she gets in. So giving the teachers or you know instructors counselors around her a heads up is really helpful because then she doesn't have to know that and they just kind of like it just becomes part of what they're going to do. I think just keeping her involved in activities, but also making sure they're activities that she wants to do. But for any kid, you know that this is so, sometimes parents. That's the sport we did, so my kid is going to do that too. Well, I played soccer when I went up and through college and I so wanted to have a soccer player and neither one of my girls are soccer players. So, you know, just making sure that it's the sport or activity that, that they're comfortable with and that that they want to do. And then just keeping conversation going with, did you say hi to so-and-so and if you didn't, okay, what was hard about saying hi, is there something that we can do like before we get there next time? Would it be helpful if we went and sat with them um, and said hi to them before we went on and you know went and did the activity and sometimes that's all they need like if you just take them over and introduce them or reintroduce them for like the 10th time but then they go and and do the activity together I think is such an important thing to do that it teaches them how to do that because I see so many girls who are teenagers who will not go do an activity without a friend and I get that like That middle school to high school, like you always want to have a friend with you, but it's also okay and important that you can just go do something without a friend and be able to like meet somebody while you're there. Um, So teaching them how to make those connections, but also in addition to talking with them to see what has been hard about, you know, saying hi to somebody. And I think, you know, when they're not that little, it's just the repetition of showing them how to do things.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. Uh, you made me feel better. I mean, that is uh, largely what we are all doing, but yeah. in the moment, man, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. watching your, watching your little go through something yes. is hard. Yeah. Well, as always, we really, really appreciate your time and just all of your support of moms and her health collective and, you know, all, all the things that we have going, we appreciate all your support with everything. Yeah.
2: I'm so excited that that one day I Googled you guys like, I don't know, a couple years ago now and, and found you. And it's just, it's been awesome to be part of, of this group and to be able to, you know, be a supporter and, and do the podcast and everything. So I appreciate all of that. All oh, we adore that. you. We're so glad you're part of everything. Yeah. Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you so much, Renee, for your words of wisdom and sharing information we can implement right away. We will wrap up some of her key points in our three takeaways. Number one, Renee discussed signs to look for in her children if they are struggling with the onset of an eating disorder. She also mentions a few events that may have a triggering effect on children. She said, if a child comes and says, I just wanted to start eating more healthy. Renee encourages parents to talk with their children and ask the reason that they'd like to eat more healthy. She said, no child needs to be restricting any foods. If a child comes and states that they want to become a vegetarian, or if they're exercising more than they have been, are other red flags to be aware of. An event that could be triggering to a child is going to the doctor and having the doctor make comments about their weight saying things such as they are concerned about their weight or that they need to lose weight. If a doctor does make a weight-related comment, you need to stop the conversation immediately. It's your child and it's okay to tell the doctor that we are not discussing this right now. And if they have any questions, you'd be happy to go over it with them separately. Renee encourages parents to not wait any longer than a month if red flags are recognized in your child's behavior. The earlier disordered eating is treated the easier it is to get children back to being happy and healthy. Number two, the biggest struggle Renee sees in the moms who come to her is not feeling confident in themselves and feeling ineffective at managing anxiety. Moms fear passing poor confidence onto their children and have a deep desire to not let that happen. Renee will often remind moms that to instill confidence in their children is to remember that children will not remember what you looked like or wore when they were growing up, but they will remember how you talk to yourself. It has a lasting impact. The number one thing to tune into is how you are talking to yourself on a daily basis. Are you saying your critiques of yourself out loud? Are you looking at yourself in the mirror, adjusting your shirt or inspecting your body? Your children are going to notice all of that they notice all of the nonverbal ways that you critique yourself. Children will also pick up on verbal critiques like, I can't eat that because I didn't work out today, or I'm not really hungry, so I'm not going to eat dinner tonight. Or if you're not eating with the family, we have negative messages that we say to ourselves. Become aware of when and how often these messages are coming up. Once you're aware, Begin working to reframe the negativity into a positive, taking time to care for ourselves and being mindful of who we surround ourselves with is important. Asking ourselves how we feel when we're with certain people, great friends can build confidence and toxic relationships can damage it. Number three, Moms in particular struggle with body image because we are fed information that we are more accepted when our bodies fit a certain societal quote ideal. There's a lot of unrealistic expectations on moms. Renee made a point in emphasizing that our bodies change after having babies and also as we age. This is normal and although the changes can be discouraging, the long-term consequences of a poor relationship with our bodies leaves us with a lack of a true sense of happiness with ourselves. It can disrupt our relationship with food and gives us a continuous feeling that we should be doing something else or more to be quote, good enough. High five friends, we had so much fun with you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a review. We love hearing what you have to say. Until next time, stay true to you.